Hello, this is Paul from First Counselling, and welcome to episode 7 of a First Counsellor Podcasts. Um, I'm going to try recording this again. I recorded this last night, only to find out that it didn't record, so it'll uh, be interesting to see if I get it right this time. Uh, obviously, this episode won't be as good as it was yesterday, because uh, that was perfect, obviously, and... Uh, and that somehow disappeared into the ether somewhere. So uh, here I am again, going to try and replicate something. Um, but it's never going to feel like it was as good as it was when I first did it. Um, also, I'd like to thank people who've listened to previous episodes. I still find it a little bit odd, because I'm quite new to this, that uh, I can record something and, and put it out there. And some people have listened to it. And if you've listened to previous ones and you're listening to this, then thank you very much for coming back. And uh, if you've listened to it and thought it was rubbish and not come back, then although you won't hear this, thank you very much for listening in the first place. Uh, if anyone does have any questions or anything they'd like to ask, you can email me at info at thirstcounselling.co.uk. Or you can tweet me at t underscore counselling. Um, that's at t underscore counselling. But I want to return back to uh, a gentle awakening, which is my little fledgling ebook that I put out earlier this year. Uh, something that I wrote over ten years ago when I was training to be a counsellor. Um, the idea behind writing it was that. Uh, as a as a therapist in training, uh, I wanted to try and write something down, sort of like explain my process that that I was going through at the time, uh, and it was very much about trying to demystify what counselling is. I wanted to demystify it for myself, and I thought it might be of use to people who were going into the helping profession, or or that it might be useful for people who were contemplating going into therapy. And it was this five-stage process. And over the last couple of little episodes that I've that I put out there, um, I came up with uh, the first stage, which is uh, the start. You know, we make a start whenever we're entering into a period of change. We make a start, um, and that can be a very scary process for some people. You know, to to start something new. Um, you know, to first start with some action, you know, whatever that might be, it might be giving up smoking, it might be uh, changing a behaviour, it might be changing a relationship or, or starting work, but it's, it's about action, it's starting something new. Um, and then when we've started and we, we carry on with this process, the, the next stage is, is that we open you know, when, we're, when we start an action of change, we then go into this part of opening, opening ourselves. And, and you know, that can be an outpouring of emotion. It can be an outpouring of, uh, of our past. But it's very much an opening of a door, beginning to peek through, begin to see possibilities of something different, something new, some kind of change. And then we move on to the next part of the process, which is looking. So I'm going to read from uh, 
from what I wrote in that chapter. Um, this you you can get this on Amazon if you look up A Gentle Awakening by P.J. Cullen. You'll find this little ebook. Um, it's free if you're on Amazon Prime. I think it's about 99 pence to download. Um, or you can go on my website www.firstcounseling.co.uk. Um, I uploaded it as a series of blogs earlier this year. Um, but I'll read it out now. Chapter 3. Look. When we look, I mean really look, we can finally begin to see. This part of the process is a crucial and sometimes painful experience. However, to grow it is essential. For me, looking at myself, at my past, I began to see areas where I had come to forks in the road. Today I can see the choices that I made back then, some with thought, more made with haste and, and little or no thought, and today, sitting here, I am the result of those choices I made, of the consequences both good and bad. Have you watched the Frank Capra film, It's a Wonderful Life? It's the story of a man who believes his life has little or no value. He believes it would have more value if he were dead, or better still, if he'd never been born. Here he gets a unique opportunity to view what his life might have been like if he'd never been born. It's only when we look hard at ourselves and our lives that we see just how integral we are. After over three years of not seeing my best friend, through us growing apart and my increasing drug use, we'd got back in touch with each other after I'd come out of rehab. And I'd come out a changed person. And, and again, we were close friends once more. And then one night, his wife mentioned to me how glad and grateful she was that I was back in his and their lives. She then went on to tell me of the difficulties their relationship had suffered and how my friend had struggled for quite a while until she asked him one night what was really wrong and he simply replied I miss my best mate he meant me now although I'd missed him terribly in our time apart and I remember when I wrote my life story in rehab I wrote about you know I had this idea of in the future I would I would like to get back in touch with my best friend although I missed him it never once occurred to me that I mattered enough to have been missed by him John Quincy Adams once said, each interaction we have upon each other achieves a kind of immortality. Now imagine that, just think about that one. That what we say and do has an impact on a person. And through that we achieve a kind of immortality. How important does that make us? As people interacting with the world on a daily basis, it reminds me of the possibility that I have to make each one of those interactions from a good morning to a stranger on the street to the lengthy conversations I have with my nearest and dearest as worthy of who I am as possible. I believe we don't look enough and therefore we do not see. How many times have you really looked at a sunset or a sunrise, noticed its arrays of colours, its textures and the feelings it invokes? When you look at yourself in the mirror, what do you see? I don't mean who is reflected back, I mean, what do you see? Why not go and look right now? 
Just find yourself a mirror. Sit quietly for a few moments. And then raise the mirror in front of your face and look. What's the first thing that you're drawn to? What feelings come up? Are there any in particular? What about memories, thoughts? Have any memories been stirred? This is a very simple exercise, yet one of the most powerful, to look in a mirror and ask yourself, what do you see? For some, this has and can be an excruciatingly painful exercise. I once did this exercise on a residential training weekend. Now at the time, two days before, I found out that the woman that I was involved with, who I also worked with, had just left her job because she was having an affair with a client. It was a client that was younger than me. He was good looking. He was all the things that my ego longed for and I was crushed, humiliated, angry and devastated. I feared this exercise, looking in this mirror and seeing exactly what I feared. However, what I actually saw though was a kind, loving, gentle and caring person who loved and could be loved. As we work with people, we help people to look at themselves so that they can begin to see. We are in a very real sense the mirror you were just holding up to your face. Our past is our opportunity to see how we are as people today and maybe because of or in spite of the events that have affected us. As the angel Clarence Oddbody says in that same Frank Capra film, You see, George, you really did have a wonderful life. As therapists, we are called to work with people. We can help enable a person to really look at their life. Therapy is like an emotional MOT, and sometimes we really have to get them to look under their bonnet and see what's really going on. We allow people to look at their own lives and who they are now. Through this, people can begin to change their futures, overcome areas which might have stopped them from going for that new job or ending that relationship that no longer healthy. I've learned a lot of my own negative patterns that have kept me still, repeating them from time to time. In relationships with women, I've learned that previously I have sought women who have had bad experiences with men. And here I have felt that I could fill a niche, the nice caring guy who wouldn't hurt them. Of course, as time passed and they healed, they would come to realise that they didn't need or want me and this relationship would end and I would be hurt. This has been a difficult curve for me. However, today I feel it has prepared me for seeking and finding myself in a more really, more really equal relationship with the people that are in my life, with my wife and with my child. They're beneficial to both parties rather than just a one-way street. This stage of the process, I've found, is more of a reconnaissance mission. We are gathering information about ourselves and our life. This information is of the utmost importance, for it will define the next part of the process. It is no easy stage and can appear to be complex and cumbersome. Filtering through this information, filing it into some kind of order so that we begin we can begin this next step. Once we begin to see how we have arrived at this point, we can then begin to walk on the path forward. 
So at this point, we're at a stage where we're looking. We've started something. And we then begin to open the door. Now we start to look. We start to really kind of look at our lives, at our pasts, at our presents, and how maybe our pasts have influenced our presents. How maybe our past, where we've picked up and taken on interjected values, other people's ideas, and we, we, we've kind of ground them into who we are today. And these patterns of behaviour that we may start to recognise, we may start to notice. You know, uh, uh, this, this time where we can kind of sit and really look at ourselves gives us a perspective and opportunity in that therapeutic space, that, that room between counsellor and client or between you know, friend and friend where we can explore this and really kind of take a good hard look at ourselves. It can allow us to kind of start to notice these patterns of behaviour. And then perhaps we can start to go on to the next stage, which is to search that, that next stage of searching deeper and unpicking a little bit more. You know, I am as a, a result of the behaviours and the past experiences that I've had. You know, and I've had lots and lots of experiences, both good and bad. And this process of looking at myself and looking at how I behave and that, you know, has been beneficial for me. It's helped me to grow and to develop and to change. And that was the most important thing I needed to change. In the next episode, which I'll probably put out in about a week or so, we'll go on to that that next stage, stage four, uh, which is where we start searching searching for our truths in order to move forward and I hope whoever's listening to this will come back and and listen to that Um, and like I said if anyone has any questions or any kind of feedback uh, constructive feedback is always welcome criticism is always welcome Uh, you can email me at info at firstcounselling.co.uk or alternatively you can tweet me at t underscore counselling We're getting to the end of the year. New Year's Eve is is almost upon us. And this is a, a time when people generally do kind of look. They look at their past. They look at the past year. You know, what that year has been like. Look at how great it's been. Look at some of the difficulties, some of the mistakes they might have made. And it's also an opportunity when we start to look forward looking forward to the new year. We have an opportunity to look at our past every single day. At the end of the night, before we close our eyes and go to sleep, we can look at our day, look back at our day, look at where it went right and where it maybe didn't go so right. I used to be the kind of person that used to focus on when things went wrong. But now I take a a much more solution-focused approach. I don't just focus on where things went wrong. You know, I start to look at where things went right. Because that's the headline. That's the thing I want to be doing more of. In the next episode, episode 8, we'll be looking at stage 4, which will be searching. 
until then I wish you all the best for the new year and I hope it's a, a peaceful one and one that brings you joy sincerely yours the first counsellor